0: You're listening to the System Save Me podcast, episode number 282. Today, we're going to be talking about how to figure out your first hire. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm super excited for this guest to come here for you guys today because she is the team genie, okay? Y'all want to know what is up because for most of us, we are looking to have a team and it may not be you know, what do you think of corporate teams, but you want to have help in your business or outsourcing in general. And so I want to encourage you to listen up, put your earbuds like fully in your ears and get excited for this episode with Miss Tatiana. And we're going to be talking about how to figure out your first hire. So Tatiana, how are you doing today?
1: I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited.
0: Yes, me too. Me too. Team stuff is like such a fun topic for me to discuss since so I'm really excited to get to dig in and ask a questions and, and whatnot. So before we get into all the goodness, go ahead and tell the lovely folks a little bit about you and your business.
1: Yes. So again, my name is Tatiana O'Hara and I'm an agency and team operations coach. And so essentially what that means is I work with entrepreneurs, online service-based, typically coaches and agency owners, and really teach them how to refine the structure of their business and the way that their offers to make them as scalable as possible so that they can build a team strategically so that they can remove themselves from the business and you know either scale different companies or just take their company to heights that they wouldn't have been able to by themselves.
0: Mm, yes, I love it. And so, obviously, we're going to be talking about team stuff. So, today we're going to talk about how to figure out your first hire. And so, talk to us about where your clients are before they actually are like, okay, I need to hire. But also, with this particular topic, I want to talk about readiness mm-hmm. <laughs> because I feel like people have this like, I'm going to know when I'm ready. Like there's going to be angels and like a green light, you know, flaring and stuff. So talk to me again, a little bit about the readiness aspect, but also like what your client's businesses look like before they're like, okay, I know that I need to hire.
1: Right. Okay. So typically, honestly, like you don't get the feeling of like, okay, I'm ready. More often than not, you're getting the feeling of I should have done this six months ago. So it's kind of like you were super ready and you just didn't realize it, right? So most of my clients come to me in either one of two places. So they're either solopreneurs and they're ready to stop riding that wave. And they want to see what it would look like to have expert level support on their team. Or maybe they're a little bit further along in business. They have a team of maybe three to four people. But when they hired these people, it was a lot of like impulse decisions, a lot of band-aids. And those people just kind of stayed on our team for a while. And now things just kind of feel out of place because we're in this place where maybe we're making, you know, multiple five figure months consistently, but you know, the work is just still really challenging. We find that we're not using, utilizing our team to the, the highest capacity and we're trying to figure out like what's off here. So you're either in the beginning stages and you're like, I want to do this right from the beginning, or you've already made a couple hires and you're like, okay, I didn't really use strategy last time. So this time I want to kind of do it the right way.
0: Yeah, I think that's important to note too, with if you have made hires or different outsourcing things, and maybe it's project-based versus long-term or whatever the case is, like, you know, there's, there definitely comes a point where you're like, you know, why am I still doing these a lot of times, like the tedious tasks that have to be done, but why are we the ones doing them? So we're going to get into all of that. And so go ahead and start walking us through the steps that we can take to really hone in and know who exactly we're even supposed to hire.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. I love that. And I love this topic because I think a lot of people bypass this part. It feels super simple, but a lot of us say, okay, I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm doing a lot of work. Let me go hire a virtual assistant. And while that may be a lot of people's first hire, it was mine, right? It was my first hire, but it might not always be the most impactful hire for you. So I'll walk you guys through three high level steps of how you can You know, begin to figure out who that person would be for you. So, the first thing that you're going to want to do is brain dump everything that you do day to day in your business. Now, this isn't typically something that you can do in one sitting, only because there are so many things that we do, right? There's so many different levels and intricacies and all of that that you may need to make this list and then kind of come back to it another time. Because maybe there are tasks that you do on Monday that you don't do any other day of the week. So, if you sat down to write this list on a Wednesday, you may forget. You want to go into a lot of detail. So don't write down that you do client work, um, but what does client work consist of, right? Don't write that you just do sales calls, but how do you prepare for those? What are all the steps that are kind of like included in that? Doing this first and foremost is going to reveal to you, like, wow, I really do way more work than I thought I did. Especially if you're doing this activity and you already have a team member, you may be able to kind of take a look back and see, like, man, I hired someone and they're doing five things for me, but I'm doing 87 tasks, you know, on a, a cycling basis um, every single week. So that would be the first step is to just really get clear on exactly what it is that you do. So then second, um, you want to organize that information. So I have a task matrix um, that is available for download. It's free. And essentially, this is going to allow you to group your tasks into four different quadrants based on whether this is something that you enjoy, don't enjoy, something that's a skill set of yours, not a skill set of yours, and whether it's kind of like something that is you know a task where you're working on the business, maybe those things that are helping to grow, bring more revenue in, or if it's something where you're working in the business. Which is more of the day-to-day tasks and the client fulfillment side of things. Once you have kind of organized this into these four quadrants, it's going to become really clear to you of, you know, where you're spending your time. You may realize like, wow, I spend most of my time doing things that I don't enjoy doing that I'm also not good at. You know, a lot of times we think that we need all of these people on our team. We think we need to go out and hire this huge team to make all of this stuff happen. When in reality, you would have more time to do certain things if you weren't spending so much time on things that you are not skilled at, right? You know, when I outsource something that takes me eight hours to my assistant, she can knock it out in two hours. It's because she's an expert at that task and I'm not, right? Right. So those would be the first two steps is, you know, brain dump everything that you do day to day in your business. And then the second step would be to organize it into this matrix. So then from there, once you have kind of filled out this matrix and it, you know you have all your different quadrants, you kind of work backwards with figuring out the tasks that you want to outsource, right? So quadrant four is the things that you don't like doing that you're also not really good at. Those are typically the things that we want to outsource first. And so the third step is to now sort through this list of tasks and figure out what role jumps out at me, right? If Is there a common trend? If I, let's say I have a coaching business and I wrote a book and I have a podcast and I realize that most of the things that I am not good at, that I don't enjoy, that I want to begin to outsource are related to my podcast. Then maybe I don't need to go out and hire a virtual assistant. Maybe I need to hire a podcast editor or a podcast manager or, you know, kind of just depending on that list. So, that would be the really simple three step process is to not just say, oh, I'm hurting, what's going to help me right now? But to really look at it from a bird's eye view and to see, okay, this is kind of the area of the business that's slowing me down the most. And if I were able to free up my time here, I could then scale and make more money.
0: Mm. So, then in that last quadrant, And is it that you group together like tasks or share like an example of what you've seen in like a fourth quadrant and how you were able to create a role out of like the tasks that you saw in there?
1: Yeah, definitely. So one example would be, let's say in this fourth quadrant, let's say your business model, you do coaching like one-on-one, maybe you have like a program. Let's say you also have like some sort of membership and you have a podcast. We'll stick with the podcast example. And so in this fourth quadrant, let's say you write down writing show notes, SEO for podcast, onboarding new people into membership, verifying email addresses to, you know, allow people into the Facebook group, checking on billing for people, you know, inside of your offers to ensure that everyone is up to date on their payments. Um, And then maybe there's even a couple of miscellaneous things like responding to comments, email management, so on and so forth. I could look at that list and easily pull out two roles from that. I could easily identify that maybe we need someone to help us with our podcast, and maybe we need someone to help us manage our paid communities, like a community manager. Now, if this list was more of like a hodgepodge of administrative tasks, then yeah, I would probably lean more towards a virtual assistant. Um, and then something else to think about is you know if in this fourth quadrant, a lot of the things that you wrote down are related to like decision-making or, you know, overseeing, managing, that kind of thing, then that may look completely different for you. Maybe that looks like hiring some sort of leadership person that can help you with decision-making. Because I do think that's a mistake a lot of people make is that we think we can hire a virtual assistant and that they can you know, kind of step into the CEO role and be the decision maker on our behalf. And the reality is that's just not their role. That's not what they're paid for. So yeah, looking at that list and kind of identifying some common trends, most of the time, I would say it's one to two roles that may pop out at you. But if you think it's like three and four, then we probably need to get a little bit more clear and go back to the drawing board a little bit as well.
0: Have you been hearing all the buzz about VIP days or one day virtual intensives? Want to create one for your business but have no idea where to start? Head over to systemsemi.com/quiz and take our new 60-second quiz to determine what kind of VIP day you should create. You'll get a detailed report with action items and exclusive structuring tips straight from the mouths of successful VIP day business owners. Ready to take back control over your schedule, your energy, and your income? A VIP day might just be the way to do it. Get started today at systemsemi.com/quiz. One more time, that's systemsammy.com slash quiz. And with that too, do you find that it's interesting kind of, I feel like there's definitely like seasons in business a little bit where there's like, I'm really enjoying this area of the business. And then, so I guess I'm speaking more to people who may have already hired people and whatnot. And then you kind of swing to like, for instance, if I'm like super pumped by like fulfillment, but then all of a sudden I kind of swing into this new season where like growth is super exciting to me, but I've hired for growth because I am excited about fulfillment or vice versa or whatever. How do you propose being able to anticipate some of those things or has this even come up for you? Maybe this is just a Jordan thing. Who knows? But, you know, I have different things that excite me at different seasons. And so it's just been interesting to see what that is kind of throughout the changes and iterations of my business.
1: No, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, looking at this matrix too, I think one important thing to note is not every you know, thing that you need help with is going to require you to hire someone onto your team long-term, right? I recently decided to host a retreat for the people in my program and I've hired someone on... I guess you could say a seasonal basis who comes around about a month before my retreat, helps me finalize all the details, gets all the coordination done. And then she helps with day of coordination, right? So that's something that is very seasonal. It's something that I'm not always going to need support with. Or sometimes you may just have one-off projects. You know what I mean? You may just need someone to come in and write your SOPs for you, or you may need someone to come in and set up your Dubsado or something of that nature. So I would say, you want to look at these roles too. And even, and just thinking about what is the longevity of this role? Like, yes, these are the things I need help with in the moment, but how does me hiring this person play into the bigger picture of where I'm trying to be? And then one other thing, just like kind of tying back to the task matrix too, is I always tell people like a shortcut <laughs> to figuring out like maybe some proactive hires that you could make or some just in general, proactive decisions that you can make is asking yourself the question of what are the top three things that are keeping me from doubling my revenue right now? Sometimes they're gonna tie back to like just an action that we need to change, but sometimes it kind of speaks to Another role that could be potentially beneficial for us, right? I know right now for me, marketing and sales were two things that were keeping me from doubling my revenue. I have the in-house support, you know what I mean, to handle up to X amount of clients right now. I've made my schedule accordingly so like I can be present, but I was getting really overwhelmed with sorting through the DMs and you know creating the content on a regular basis. And so now that's something that I'm looking towards. So, you know, while the task matrix is gonna help you figure out those things that you probably need to outsource immediately there are proactive ways to look at it too because hiring shouldn't always be about what can I get off my plate that's going to be the case most often for like our first couple of hires but after that we really want to start being proactive about it and making decisions that are going to position us you know to be in a better place you know six months a year from now.
0: Mm, I like the example of longevity and really thinking of, is this like a one-time project that I need versus somebody who's ongoing, whether that is contract or employee basis. Cause yeah, I think that your example of like the event support was good. I have paid event volunteers that come in twice a year, literally just for my two days of my event. And, you know, we were talking earlier about how I'm doing an SOP project and how we're having somebody come in just for that. So that is a good way to really process, like what type of hire, I guess you need to make and how they're going to support you, whether it's short-term or long-term and neither is wrong. Um, they both have their benefits, I think for me personally, for sure. So, and then with that, when it comes to the first hire and maybe this is a difference between like contractors and employees, do you have insights on where, just on the hiring side of things, like where people should look for contractors or where people should look for employees, just in the difference of like where to post or where to connect with people.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that you already made that like differentiation between contractors and employees, because that's something I was actually going to say is like the same way that we, when we're online trying to promote our business, right? We want to be present in the places where our ideal clients are hanging out. It's the same thing with hiring. Um, if we post every single job, application, description, whatever, only to our Instagram feed, um, we're only accessing a certain pool of people. And so you have to think about the type of role that you're looking for and the person that you're wanting to hire and where they would most likely hang out. Just before this, I was on a call with a bookkeeper and she was trying to hire bookkeepers. And she asked me, you know, where do you recommend that I look for bookkeepers? Like, Because I posted it to my Instagram before and I haven't had luck. And it's like, okay, well, maybe when looking for a bookkeeper, it makes more sense to go the more traditional route, right? LinkedIn, um, Indeed, Glassdoor, that kind of thing. But then we also talked about, okay, where do new CPAs hang out? Is there a Facebook group for new CPA support? Right? Um, maybe looking there, maybe looking um, in the schools that host um, CPA classes, that kind of thing. So, whether it's a contractor or an employee, I really don't think it matters necessarily. It's more so speaking to the role and the skill set that you're looking for. Because a lot of times, you know, contractors can be employees and vice versa, right? A girl that I just hired was an employee for her company, but she was laid off. And now she's a contractor for me with the hopes that we're going to promote her to full-time in the future. Yeah. So I would just say like really looking in the place where they would most likely be hanging out.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think that you really have to, you know, most people I do see, they like just put it out to their own bubbles and whatnot, um, which know a lot of, I think back about where a lot of my hires came from and they did come from referrals, oddly enough. But I do think that there is, you know, there's a big wide world out there and especially like COVID slash post COVID-ish, you know, there's a lot of people looking for opportunities, whether they're contractors or employees. So, you know, don't count out the Indeeds and LinkedIn's or, or other avenues for employees specifically as well. So I like that you kind of gave your prefaces for both for sure and so with that obviously this is a systems podcast so we're going to talk about tools and so do you have any favorite it could be specific to hiring if you want to or even team management but also totally open to just like tools you're geeking out about or your old and faithfuls that have been there since the tried and true days go ahead and share all the systems goodness with us
1: So oddly enough, I don't know if you've heard of the assessment that traction has where you can find out if you're a visionary or an integrator, but I took that assessment recently and I literally scored half and half. And it literally says, you may not be a visionary or an integrator. (laughs) (laughs) What
0: what does that mean? Like, right, right. right.
1: So I just assume I'm like half and half. And After I saw that and I read the results, it made so much sense to me because when it comes to things like systems, I think I get excited about the idea of it and the idea of what it can do for the business, but the actual like implementation of it, I struggle with. So my answer is going to be pretty basic and I'm going to say ClickUp because before I hired my assistant, wow, almost a year ago, which is a long time in online entrepreneur world. Like it's a long time. Before I hired her, you know, I was really managing my business all over the place. Like I had a bunch of systems, but I wasn't really using any of them. And so now to like have a full understanding of ClickUp and to be able to like use all of the super cool tools and functions for it. Like something as simple as learning how to set up a task that when you click complete, it automatically regenerates for the following month. Like it sounds so simple, but those are things that I used to not really understand. And now, you know, we just hired a client success manager in my business and we mapped out her full onboarding process in there. Her weekly check-ins are in there. She has a calendar with all of our check-in calls with all of her to-dos. And it's beautiful to be able to see everything. Like I've never had a system in my business that showed me everything. So Definitely ClickUp for just overall business management. And honestly, thanks to you, I'm really getting into Airtable, like just for client management. I love, you know, keeping up with the questions they're submitting, the homework that they're submitting, even now planning our retreat. You know, we did our RSVPs through Airtable. So anything that's all encompassing, I'm all here for.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. ClickUp and Airtable are definitely some favorites over here for sure. And I do think like the simplicity of just... Not having to like rewrite the same to-do list. That's like my just, yeah. if you want to piss me off, have <laughs> me write the same task every day or every week or every month and have to remember it because I will... This. It's ideal. terrible. <laughs> so like, do yourself a favor, put it in where, you know, click up Asana, trailer, wherever you want, but obviously click up for both of us where it does it for you. It just remembers that you want it on the, you know, the fourth Thursday of the month. You can get even that specific. Yeah. Right. Which I absolutely love. So I love that you like those tools too. And yeah, Airtable is so great. It's, I could spend many a weeks just playing an Airtable. <laughs> <laughs> if that was productive for me.
1: <laughs> I'm still used to it. I'm still learning that one, but we recently um, hired an Airtable expert per your recommendation and got it, you know, set up even better, got our leads and clients bases combined. So every day, you know, I'm learning new things.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. Awesome. Awesome. So share with folks the um, freebie link for the matrix. Um, so they go check that out, but also where else can people find you connect with you chat with you?
1: Yes, absolutely. So the freebie can be found at www.tatianaohara.co slash task matrix. You can download that there. And then as far as like connecting with me, Instagram is definitely the best place. And I'm at underscore Tatiana O'Hara. Definitely shoot me a DM. Let me know that you heard the podcast today and, and I'd love to stay connected.
0: Yes. All of the links will be in the show description. So you can go connect learn more, soak it all up. And again, do not get wrapped up in this whole readiness to hire. Most likely if you're questioning it, (laughs) if you're thinking about hiring, you probably need to. That's kind of my take on it. So thank you so much again, Tatiana, for being on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the System Saved Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.